0: listening to the pod must not be named i am your host sami with my co-host Madi. hi Madi.
1: hello this is a podcast where we talk about things that we find interesting things that we like and things that we don't like so much so sami what's up
0: so for this episode uh we have a guest alex who is a podcaster from canada so hi alex and what's going on with you
1: or shall we call you fresh from the fresh
2: lick and make podcast yeah uh yeah you can you can call me whatever you like just don't call me late um we uh we run a podcast here in windsor ontario canada and we do a similar thing where we just kind of look at what we find interesting um or and or irritating you know what i mean so yeah i'm good i'm glad to be here thanks for having me guys
0: I was listening to your one of your episodes on real estate and i I found it really intriguing and I really like the episode and I like how you know three friends are talking about uh, anything on a podcast while uh, they have a lot of inside jokes and they already know a lot lot about each other and uh, they record or they uh, you know talk about things on an episode in such a way that the the person who does not know anything about you guys like he even he or she finds it interesting. So yeah, I I really like that episode. I I would you know uh, recommend this podcast to all our listeners. So I I just
1: have one quick question to ask. Like, uh, how drunk slash stoned are you uh, when you guys usually record? Because you are <laughs> giggling like little girls in the ones in uh, the Hitler episode, I guess.
2: In the, oh Everyone's, yeah. Well, okay, so uh, one of us, that would be Slick, not myself, uh, he, he, he's known to, to partake of the sweet leaf, um, but the, the others like me and Mickey, we don't, we're, we're totally sober, we're just having a really, really good time. That's the whole idea, is just having fun with friends, talking about interesting things, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, Sammy, could you rule us off with the, what we are going to talk about?
0: Yeah, so as you guys know, this episode is going to be about cults and religion. And, you know, therefore, therefore before uh, people uh, listen to anyone talk about religion, they would always want to know their own views on religion, who are they listening to. I mean, if I am talking about religion, anyone who is listening to me would want to know what are my views on religion itself. So, before we get and on it would with be this, only justified to, you know... Uh,
1: like let people know what our uh, primary inclinations might be, how we think. So as to, you know, not cloud the judgment of other people.
0: Yeah. So therefore, you know, I thought before we get on with uh, different religions or cults, it would be uh, a great start to let listeners know about our own thoughts and our own belief system. So therefore, Alex, starting with you, uh, I would want to know that your views on religion and if you yourself are religious or not. And, uh, you know, things in your life or some moments in your life shaped your beliefs the way they are today.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that question. I am not a religious person. I have no faith, so to speak. Um, but it was a pretty industrious pursuit of religious knowledge that brought me there. When I was a kid, I was very, very invested in uh, general Christianity. I won't say it was of a pers- specific stripe, but I just, I just, I, cause I thought that's what you were supposed to be. And I just wanted to be a good kid and do all the right things. But yeah, I'm also, also a Catholic. ravenous right. reader. Uh, um, my mom is Catholic. I don't know what my dad is. He wasn't really in the picture.
1: Okay. Okay. So yeah, go on.
2: Yeah, so I just, uh, I, I really like reading and I like to learn. So when there's a topic that's important to me, like that was at the time, I just dove into it wholeheartedly. And, you know, the more and more scripture you learn and background you learn, and then the intertwining history of the different traditions, specifically the Abrahamic ones, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, it, it for me, it just fell apart. And there are scholars, good religious scholars, who maintain uh, historical truths about things that have nothing to do with spiritual proofs. And for me, I just I couldn't keep those two things tied when when those same people were telling me, "Oh, yeah, these have nothing to do with each other."
1: For for me, uh, you know, and like I, I'll also extend the same question to you. I keep uh, pondering to myself that is uh, those. Like, are those supernatural elements that are added in the story uh, to make it more, I don't know, superstitious or God-fearing, like we see in the Old Testament or in uh, Islam or in uh, Judaism, right? Uh, You have gods performing supernatural shit, like uh, turning water into wine or uh, walking on water or whatever, right? So... Like, Do you think that their basic message, which is uh, devoid of any like, judicial systems uh, in the world, uh, I would like to believe that religion was the judicial system, that was the code of law. So, in a way, if uh, they could not ban people uh, behind themselves, if, if they called it a nation, because nation is a very abstract entity, uh, so we right now I obey the laws of uh, India, right? You obey the laws of Canada. That that's because we have an idea of nation. At that time was God coming into the picture very necessary to you know enforce these rules? Uh, because I believe that all the all religions are just training men to be less savages. Originally, at least.
2: Yeah, I think there's something to that. I think there absolutely is. Um and a lot of the conflict comes up later when we get these other ways of knowing, but uh I don't know if you guys are familiar with Christopher Hitchens? Uh
1: I'm not I I haven't
2: He he yeah. was a pretty staunch atheist and and pretty loudly in uh, in America and Canada and well basically the the English world towards the end of his life, but he was a journalist. And he knew a lot, read a lot, said a lot. And his suggestion was basically just that religions were all of our first attempts at everything. So our first attempt at science, our first attempt at laws, judicial systems, like you're saying, Maddie, And, uh, you know, our first attempt at living together, because there were a lot, a lot, a lot of blank spaces that are all filled in now in 2020. And we don't need it for that. But we didn't have any of those answers. So we sought them, and one of the ways that we did that was, you know, whether it be animistic or naturalistic religions. Uh, Canada has a pretty strong indigenous population, so we understand um, kind of what we might call pagan or or natural religion, where everything's tied into the natural forces of the world. Um, yeah, it's 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 old questions and old answers. Yeah, in fact, I
0: think religion is the easiest way to. Uh, install ethics in one especially when it's a child or if there's this child born and they are three or four years of age and if you want ethics or you know if you want morals and to be taught to them religion is the easiest way i guess
1: yeah i mean it's not the right way because your kid will be doing (laughs) the right things for the wrong reason or the wrong things for the wrong reason uh, but yeah i mean it's it's a good instrument i i think we can agree on that so sammy what would you call yourself uh,
0: i'm still confused i you know th- there are a lot of things uh about religion that really turn me uh, turn me down I, I don't sometimes because i think i like leading a principle less life which is everything but religious so i don't So, are you saying that you are a nihilist <laughs> <laughs> I don't know really because sometimes I really think should I be religious but then I really don't want to lead a life that is around some principles because I think you live only once and why restrict yourself with some principles that you don't sometimes agree to or you you don't have logic to agree. to. So,
1: so yeah I mean on this on this excellent note I think wise uh, uh, fresh once said uh, religion is about what you cannot do, uh, which which is a direct quote taken from you. Uh, I just, Thank you. I Thank you. it in some, some one of your episodes, I guess. So yeah, would yeah. you comment on this restrictions that generally are placed uh, that comes free with the religion itself?
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'll comment based on my knowledge base. Um, Essentially, it tells you all of the things that you're not allowed to do. You know, popular things like the Ten Commandments are more so, thou shalt not. And those are the ones everybody knows. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, which is a fun, a, kind of a funny admission that there are other gods, but, but the Jude one is the first one. Um, and then, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. It's all don'ts. Now, that said, there are. 600 some other laws in the Torah uh, that go along with the Ten Commandments. So it's not like those uh, recommendations aren't also there, but the ones that people know – are what not to do. And you see it really strongly in American fundamentalist Christianity, mostly in the South Protestant types, where it's just all telling people what not to do. Like, like, why are the, the people who are so strongly in favor of individual liberty the ones who are telling women what to do with their bodies? It's like, but I thought you just said, oh, no, because it's your religion. So it's a lot of don'ts. It's a lot of finger wagging.
0: Yeah, so, you know, about the don'ts, since I live in this city, which is called uh, our Prime Minister's baby, uh, Ahmedabad. So, this city is all about, you know, the morals that uh, Hinduism stands for. Uh, Slaughterhouses are banned in the city, so you will not have a restaurant serving you non-vegetarian food anywhere. It is also a dry state. So, in the first place, when I talk about, you know, uh, non-vegetarian food, I remember this instance in my life, wherein I was in grade 4 or 5, and I was having having this chicken sandwich. And I came home, I was having the sandwich, and my mom asked me, what are you eating? And I said, this is a chicken sandwich, and she sent me out of the house, she said, get out of this house, go to your friend's house, complete the sandwich, take a bath, and then come back. So, even... So even if it was allowed in this city, I wouldn't be able to have it. And and when I say this, uh, that non-vegetarian food stands against the moral values, and it is listed as the don'ts. It's not about the animal rights that I'm talking about, because I know a lot of people in Hindu who follow Hinduism and who support the offering of a lamp to Ma Kali's idol, which and Ma Kali in terms of Hindu. Uh, mythology I would say she's she's an anti-hero since Maddie knows more about Hindu mythology than I do I think Maddie can explain it better what this means and how uh, eating non-vegetarian food is not really related to moral values of animal rights or PETA but about you know it's all about religious as Fresh mentioned.
2: Yeah please tell me about that because I actually I don't eat animals or animal products, but I mean, it's, it's got a lot more to do with the ethical angle. So I'd love to hear this cultural spin.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, in India, especially cow is considered very, uh, sacred. So, right. uh, I, I think that in the past couple of years, uh, there have been widespread closures of, uh, slaughterhouses that, uh, have, uh, you know, that produce, uh, beef meat, uh, in them. Uh, And in general, uh, the the beef that you get uh, in high-end restaurants are usually buffalo meat, uh, which is nearly, it is said that it's not nearly as good as the cow meat. So in India, you just cannot kill a cow. And like it goes uh, deeper than that. And as uh, Sammy also mentioned that there are a lot of, Uh, These gods that, uh, you know, certain sects of people follow. Again, I mean, these are cults within the Hindu religion, right? Uh, These are like uh, micro-religions that are coming under the larger umbrella. Uh, People who, especially villagers, they uh, have this uh, boundary god who... Uh, you know, guards uh, them across their uh, city walls or something like that. And these gods are tend to be particularly violent in nature because you know they are go- gods of fighting. And generally, uh, like sacrifices are made uh, as uh, offerings to them. So the uh, I, I don't think that Hinduism particularly has uh, benevolence towards a certain animal and. I don't know, uh, contempt towards others, but I'm not really sure. So, again, I mean, this is what I'm circling down to. Uh, these laws, I don't know, might have made sense uh, uh, about three millennia ago. Like, uh, uh, as, uh, if you follow stand-up comedy, uh, George Carlin has an excellent bit about the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, one is, die uh, oh, must not covet uh, thy neighbor's wife. So, Mm. uh, our uh, neighbor's position, something like that, right? So, he says that that's the cornerstone of capitalism. That's how the world works. So, in a way, I think as laws also keep on updating themselves, there is a scope of that uh, when uh, uh, the Supreme Court or the justice of your uh, country might tell you that, okay, fine, this is a change, uh, right? So, for instance, in India, Uh, homosexuality largely is still a taboo subject uh, in most of the country. But uh, the judicial system has already legalized, uh, you know, uh, homosexual relations and uh, homosexual sex. So, I mean, it's not illegal to be homosexual in India. The judicial system is, in my opinion, a bit ahead of uh, the society itself.
0: And also, I guess Uh, only having sex uh, with a person of your... uh, of the same gender or the same sexes, legal and not really marrying one. Marriage is still illegal in
2: India. Oh, it, it's funny talking about stuff like that because it, it wasn't that long ago that it got legalized in Canada and in the States in some places, it still isn't. But like to talk to any, uh, literally anyone I could meet on a daily basis where I live, it's a dead issue. It is. It is not even possible to disagree with that. So yeah, and I mean, there there is a specific prohibition against that in the religion that most of the people around here follow. So it's just like you know, we we just kind of left that part of the religion behind because we knew better.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what you have to do. Essentially, you have to. Uh, I I believe that uh, you know, Islam is also subject to uh, intense. Uh, revisions, uh, and the Islamic, uh, uh, you know, golden age of Islam, uh, as they call it, uh, it was, a lot of it was centered around how do we organize this religion? How do we make an empire out of this? Right? Uh, I mean, like, they they might have, uh, you know, brought in a, b- a bit more brutalistic laws, but That was necessary at that time. The geography dictated that. And uh, at the same time, their society improved. Uh, They themselves being, uh, you know, traders by profession, uh, their religion forbidding them of alcohol, consumption of alcohol in in a way. uh, Like, I I don't know. Like, it might have been helpful during those times. Uh, It's not clearly applicable right now. So...
2: As, as far as revision, I think it's been happening every step of the way. And there are, uh, again, this is something I'm slightly less educated on, but there are definitely moderate and or modern Muslims who think that certain parts of the Quran are just meant to be interpreted metaphorically. Now, I think that's having your cake and eating it too. I think that's getting it both ways when when really you kind of know, oh, maybe this isn't really all that valid. But it, you know, it does this for me. So I'm going to keep that, but I'll get rid of this. Like, you know, that's the thing is I give people that credit. I think they have that intellectual honesty, but for a cultural reason or a spiritual reason, they want to keep the other aspects of it. And who am I to begrudge them that, you know?
1: I mean, it's it's a really a question about what you choose to believe in, right? Uh, And, uh, you know, like for me, I think that Again, I I had a very religious uh, upbringing. Uh, I was, I mean, if if I hadn't focused on my education and if I had, uh, you know, gone into proper theocracy, I would have uh, been made a priest uh, by eighteen or nineteen. Really? Yeah. So (laughs) I I uh, have. You you gotta tell me that story,
2: man. You gotta tell me how that road diverged.
1: Yeah, it was not really an option for me. I mean, that was just a thing that I was asked to do by my parents. You have to understand that I uh, have no inclinations over religion. And I am at this point, you know, I I, I think that atheism is a bit childish for me. Uh, I cannot clearly reject the notion of the the existence of a God because uh, science tells me that if... Uh, you know, I, I just have, uh, to introduce a theory and uh, you just need one evidence to disprove it. Right. And there have, as science still researches on there, have there have been a lot of unanswered questions and I, I don't know. Right. So if there is a God, I'm willing to accept it. If there isn't, it's fine. That's how your universe works. And can I,
2: can I make a brief defense here? Yeah. A brief defense of atheism It is not the suggestion that this is all fake and I know that. It's that based okay. on what has been posited so far, there is no proof, no reason for me to believe and or live like I believe that any of this is real.
1: So where do you think atheism and agnosticism separates? Because agnostic people say that like, if I find an evidence of a God, I will accept it right so where like if I, atheists are open minded people why are they they two different sects
2: uh because the words mean different things and that's that is a, an unfortunate uh public relations problem that has not been sorted out so basically agnosticism speaks of knowledge so you could be a Gnostic atheist, an agnostic, agnostic atheist, a Gnostic theist, or an agnostic theist. So uh, belief and knowledge are two different things. And so if you are an agnostic, like I am agnostic about almost everything in the world because I think uh, philosophically, it's kind of hard to prove anything to a, to a certainty. Identity. But yeah. I can't live like that. So it's not really useful to talk like that. So I don't use the word agnostic. But I am atheistic in that theism is a uh, set of doctrines or beliefs or rules, for lack of a better term, um, that would tell you how to live your life and also describe you in shorthand. And I think people are infinitely more complex than that. So I think theism, I think a rejection of theism is the only Uh, intellectually honest place to stand
0: yeah you know sometimes I really think uh, being religious is mostly about doing uh, the right things for all the wrong reasons I I mean uh, Mm. I mean yeah sometimes whenever I recall this as I was mentioning that you know people uh, really demonize having Uh, non-vegetarian food in Hinduism yet they prefer offering lambs or goats to uh, Makali's uh, statue which is essentially why was she anti-hero because people uh, she is this goddess who lived a life of a demon and yet is worshipped because she had the ethics of a god she was doing oh. all the wrong things for the right reasons. She was uh, made, uh, she was, you know, she's created as this character who used to kill demons and eat them so as to bring good to this world. She used to eat the de- demons, and therefore, uh, for being such a brutal god, uh, pe- the worshippers usually offer a lamp or a goat. So, this, oh. is, this is the angle where, where everyone goes wrong. They, they all do all the right things for all the wrong reasons. I mean, you could have stood for, uh, you know, you um, animal rights whenever you talked about having vegetarian food, but you really don't do that. You straight away say that you bring, bring some mythological reason to, you know, not do certain things, which I think I I find very absurd sometimes.
1: Right. I mean, uh, uh, like the triple talaq uh, rule, uh, I mean... That, uh, I mean, Sammy, please uh, explain it to a person.
0: (laughs) Okay, so
2: you might
1: know it. And if you understand Islam, you might know what that means, but still.
0: Okay, so everyone, you know, people uh, in different parts of the world know about the communal problem that India has uh, between uh, Indian Muslims and Indian Hindus. So uh, a lot of people, as they know, Islam has this custom of triple talaq, wherein uh, the husband says talaq 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 three times and he divorces his wife automatically which was quite prevalent in the indian uh muslim community and uh people uh criminalized it uh, a few years before in the parliament uh you know fighting that uh this is a violation of women rights and uh, you know this is not the th- this is certainly a gender issue and ironically when this Uh, issue was taken to the court. There was not even a single female judge. In fact, this issue was made a communal issue, a religious issue rather than a gender issue. They selected all the judges from different religions, a Christian judge, a Hindu judge, a Muslim judge. And this was made a very communal issue. And this is again defending all the right things for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Right. (laughs) <laughs> this, this felt really, uh, you know, absurd that people wanted to uh, demonize a certain community in front of the judiciary uh, and uh, in front of the entire population, in fact, the largest population of the, uh, of the world. And they wanted to demonize a, com- a community, not because they wanted to fight for women's rights, but because of communal problems. They, they just have a problem with one community. Wow. So this again comes down to fighting for the right things for all the
2: wrong reasons again. All right, all right. I'm going to tell you guys an interesting story. Maybe you'd know this, maybe you don't. So uh, the abortion issue is really, really significant uh, in the religious, more so liberal versus conservative is really how it splits. But uh, there's also a strong religious element to it, right? So when I walk to work every day, um, you know, Nine months out of the year, there are people with signs walking in front of the hospital, uh, protesting women's rights, protesting abortion. Right, and it's a, to me that's abhorrent. Like I said, it's 2020. Where I am, it's a dead issue, and and they're not gonna win. They're not getting that that prohibition back. But. In the States, again, where religion has a much stronger hold on things, they, uh, there are places where they are revoking those rights and those accesses and the, the safe ability of a woman to get an abortion. And why or why not is, is sort of irrelevant. But what's really interesting is they always use religion. They always campaign under a religious banner to get that political aim through so there are uh people in the church of satan now i don't know if you guys know anything about the church of satan but they are the ultimate trolls maddie have you watched like the documentaries or anything
1: no no, yeah. no i just uh read a news article on uh them on reddit so yeah it was
2: so these Church of Satan guys are using their religious freedom to campaign for abortion rights because it, it basically balances it out. So if it's, if it's one person's free religion versus another person's free religion, you can't say anything. You're supposed to be a country that has free religion. So I think these Satanists are just awesome, awesome people because they don't really believe in Satan, right? It's just what they use to be better people, honestly, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Wow. I do not know that. I mean, yeah.
1: And uh, I, like, it's a really good thing that uh, Satanism is the only solution to, uh, you know, these religious problems. And <laughs> I, I don't know, like, <laughs> like it is possible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's uh, move ahead. Like, I, I wanted to talk to you also about fantasy fiction because I just found out that you are also a fantasy fiction reader and I'm freaking out about it, right? So can you can you tell us something about how religion is the cornerstone for uh, a fantasy fiction world?
2: So any well-written fiction, uh, whether it be fantasy or not, holds a mirror up to real life. and And that's why I love fiction because I think it uses lies to tell truths. So many, many, many good world builders, um, like we talked a little bit about George R. R. Martin and his Game of Thrones thing, but it, th- that's not nearly the only one. Um, there are many, many, many. And they'll, they'll insert a religious element because it makes that world look more real. And they'll put things like fanaticism, and then they'll put things that are more of the altruistic, Here's, this is all for helping people, and you know they'll they'll dress it up in different ways but we all know what it's coded to mean we know the real world representations of those things and good au- authors attend to those details it's a lot of fun i think
1: yeah i think i mean especially with religion uh, and f- fiction at large uh, you know it it really does well for uh, it from a world building perspective right how society developed if uh, a religion was different and it's a really good commentary on how people evolve uh, if they had a slightly tilted belief system, a slightly different one. Uh, And, uh, you know, like I I recently read uh, Joe Abercrombie, who is an excellent uh, author in my opinion. And, you know, his his take on, uh, again, I mean, I love fantasy also because uh, most of them also have a god, who who is powerful, and you know we, we can understand what uh, that person is really like uh, if uh, people know about uh, Brandon Sanderson or even George R. R. Martin or even Tolkien, right? So oh, it's, yeah. it's really it's really nice, and I I think that Sammy can actually uh, get us off with a good
0: analysis of
1: game of thrones
0: yeah oh, please. so uh, i am not a very avid reader of fantasy fiction as such but uh, you know since game of thrones was this big mainstream series that everyone watched so even as any as everybody else on earth even i watched these series and you know there i noticed that sometimes for a lot of people noticing certain things in a way in a pop culture series or uh, in general in pop culture is a quite a brain explosion moment because they don't notice these things in the first go uh, like i noticed the high sparrow being a very typical portrayal of a lot of uh, religious fanatics in the real world that we have today for example the high sparrow stood for all the uh, you know religious radicalizations that we have in this world today for example uh, the High Sparrow had uh, this, uh, you know, atonement of people for homosexuality and for incest. Incest is illegal in almost all the countries all over the world. And on the other side, homosexuality is still a point of conflict in a lot of countries and among a lot of people. So you can see this uh, a slight portrayal of, uh, you know, the real world being depicted and portrayed via High Sparrow. Uh, And you can also see the faith militants that were being portrayed, and you actually have a problem of, uh, you know, religious militants in some parts of the world, which is very prevalent, especially in the Arabian world. And therefore, these are certain places where people, you know, they they don't notice in the first go and they just let it go uh, like a fantasy fiction, like any other fiction. And they really don't notice the portrayal of it. For example, they, there's this part in the series where uh, Cersei Lannister also says to the uh, High Sparrow that crown and faith are the two pillars of a society, which is essentially what British Empire was at some point of time. And you know, you can, you can notice this portrayal with, with such transparency in the series and uh, I would like to know what kind of uh, you know pop culture references can you give whenever you came through this fantasy fiction novel or any other fiction novel you came across.
2: Oh yeah, sure. Uh, obviously, Sammy, you pay real close attention because you're right. A lot of people wouldn't get that stuff, and they don't. You know. Okay, so the Game of Thrones thing. I thought with the Faith Militant, I actually wasn't looking at modern. Uh, you know. Islamists or jihadi groups or anything like that. I was thinking more like the Knights Templar because they were the, you know, the poor fellow soldiers of the temple of Solomon for Christ. And they had a, a vow of poverty and chastity, which is very similar to how the faith militant came out in that. And, you know, I think right or wrong, there's something very powerful about an allegiance to one thing, to an ideal and that before everything else. And while it would be really hard for most people to process that, because let's face it, most of us are willing to sell one or another of our principles out for benefit at one time. Um, But there are those people, there are those people who can be so single-minded that they focus just on that ideal. And I think that including that is necessary and very cool. Um, In Patrick Rothfuss's uh, name of the wind series, he does a really cool job because he's got an arcane system that has magic, but it's not tied at all to the religion, which I thought was like a nice little dig because he essentially makes his arcane system look like science. You know, he, he gives it some sort of explanation, but then the church is just this thing that's out there and doesn't really tie to the real world at all. They're just sort of there. And the only representation they do get is fairly bad. Um, but but that's I mean, another they are, way they are pretty yeah. much
1: shunned they are they're treated like witches uh, and people who could perform magic although in in that world uh, magic is really science and they use magic right. for powering your uh, water cooler or uh, i don't know like heating yeah, up lights. your uh, house yeah i mean whatever right so uh, it's 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 a really good catch again uh, fresh uh, you know, name of the wind and uh, the wise man's fear have been one of the best novels that I've ever read. And again, I mean, it's a good commentary on like how stories uh, in the ancient times filter out. And you know, if although they haven't directly tied it to religion, but uh, it's the bards who uh, you know. Uh, they they talk about stories, they talk about these myths and these get changed. And, you know, you can see that uh, our main character who has done extraordinary things pretty early on in his life is almost revered or feared in some parts of the world. And it's just, in a lot of cases, it's just blown up on proportions. So I think it could be uh like uh jesus kind of a character our main character could be like that who happens to do like he's extraordinary at whatever he does but it's not really world-building bending shit right
2: yeah rothfuss does uh he has a figure that looks a lot a lot a lot like jesus but ironically is sort of uh, outside of the real world. And I don't, I don't know if that's supposed to be like that, if he's just using a very blatant uh, Christian description to sort of get the religious aspect out of the way and say he paid lip service to it, or if that actually means something further down the road. I guess the next book will tell us if it ever comes. It's been like 10 years now, some.
1: I don't think it's ever going to come out, man. I mean, like uh, that guy is also dealing with a lot of mental health issues, and uh, it's not looking fine. And can I, can I, I, tell mean, you, I just, can I
2: take two seconds to to tell you what I read about it? Yeah, sure. Um, I read a thing from his publisher in February of this year, February or March, and she basically said, if he's written a word of the next book, I haven't seen it. Ten years.
1: 10 years, and I mean, like, the, the problem is that, like, if even if for uh, the, you know, like, god forsake, but even if George R.R. Martin dies, uh, I I think a lot of other authors can replace him safely, but uh, I, I don't really think that uh, anyone can replace Rothfuss. Uh, I think he, his way of writing, is very unique in a way and you know he writes almost in poems uh, most of his texts are Ooh. very poetic. oh
2: that life. was good that was so right. good maddie i like that
1: yeah i mean like i i'm in love with uh his uh works and i mean i don't really want to get uh all nerdy into this uh podcast or geeky i don't know so we can do that <laughs> another episode yeah, I mean, we can have a whole fantasy fiction episode. Probably like 10-15 uh, people will hear, uh, listen to it. But, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. We'll surely do that. One yeah, time. but
0: I'm enjoying, you know, you guys getting orgasmic on fantasy fiction.
1: <laughs> you know, because it's... it's. I I understood you when you said that uh, Gone with the Wind was a different, uh, difficult book to read. But you have to understand that in fantasy fiction, you have like a 10 book series or a 15 book series that are each as big as Gone with the Wind, right? So that's the kind of immersion that it asks you. That's the kind of investment that it requires, right? I, I uh, remember like, uh, I, I was just reading uh, a book called as Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, and that book is, uh, I, I was listening to the audio book and that, that audio book is 50 hours long.
2: Well, I just want to kind of bring it full circle there because I think there might be something to that once you sink yourself that deeply into something, you're invested in it, you tie to it, you identify to it just like a religion
1: yeah and that's that's how fresh brings everything to uh, <laughs> to that topic so yeah i mean it's a it's a good observation and uh. You know, like, Sammy, you have uh, really crazy ideas about uh,
0: religion, so can you... Not really crazy (laughs) ideas about religion. At some point of time, you have to draw a line between different cults and different religions. So, I was, uh, again, a popular example of Avengers Endgame, where you have this character called Thanos, who wipes out half of the population on Earth. And he has his own reasons, which are very realistic, because today you have a cult called... You know, you have this church of euthanasia that stands on the same principles as Thanos saying that the earth is unsustainably populated and you need to control the population and therefore they promote euthanasia, they promote suicide and to some extent cannibalism too.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, a cult is just a failed religion, right? Uh, And again, I mean, if, if you think about it if uh, uh, like people stopped reproducing i don't know man it have you seen children of men it's, it gets crazy i, I don't think that uh, anyone wants that that outcome so yeah uh, like again we have we have moved that that was a really smooth transition by the way uh, so we can move on to cults now so uh, fresh can you Tell us anything about the cults that you uh, find particularly interesting.
2: So the, I mean, there are very interesting cults that are like off the wall, weird, bizarre things, and those ones are always fun to learn about. Um, have you guys heard of Heaven's Gate? Nope, yeah,
1: I've heard about it. I've, I've... Yeah,
2: so they were a, they were a fairly small but but widely publicized cult in the mid '90s and they, there, there was a comet coming, you know how comets will make these uh, big loops around the universe and we see them every whatever, 30 years or whatever it might be? Uh, a comet called Hale-Bopp. And there were a bunch of people who believed that there was an extraterrestrial spaceship following in the wake of that comet, so they committed suicide because they thought that they would ascend to the spaceship that was coming in the wake of the comet. Of course, there was no spaceship, it, it, yeah it, but i mean so those ones are like whoa that's crazy but i think that the the more dangerous and insidious ones are the ones that are like really uh devious twistings of more mainstream religions
1: yeah and again i mean that's a really good point uh you know i dug a bit into Uh, some of the weird cults or semi-religions in the world and, you know, uh, again, a lot of them uh, draw their inspiration from uh, Buddhism or uh, Christianity or uh, Judaism, you know, Uh, these they base their uh, religions out of uh, these fundamentals and I I, uh, can, but really, you know, uh, Uh, point you guys to a cult called as uh, Rialism. I am not sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, I mean, again, they they advocate world peace. Uh, They, uh, you know, they believe that all religions should uh, be treated as equals or there are good uh, things that all religions have to say. Uh, But again, I mean, uh, these guys also have a sinister side to them uh they also believe that aliens uh artificially created uh, human beings and
2: raelian raelian yeah i know these guys yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: so i mean it was it's a relatively modern concept it's just uh, you know established in 1974 because i don't think that a couple of centuries ago anyone would have believed that uh, an idea of an alien life right right yeah you know another
0: uh, po- popular example that i can think of is uh, scientology that a lot of people uh, you know are aware of not exactly aware because it's very secretive in nature i don't understand why but tom cruise is second in command of the cult and uh, it's it's almost said that if you do not have the time and the money, you cannot, you cannot be a part of the church because you have to donate a huge amount of money to be a part of it. And the, one of the most intriguing things about it, about the cult is that you really don't know anything about it. I, I searched about it, I read about it, but I, it, it was not clearly mentioned any, anywhere what values does that stand for. Just like how you have Christianity and Islam and Hinduism out there
1: very secretive and uh, I think John Travolta is also a part of uh, Scientology so I mean yes, Alex you, can you can you tell us a bit more about it?
2: I know a little bit about Scientology but it's always you, you have to couch it in this unfortunate knowledge that this is always second hand it's always someone you know even if they if it was formerly first hand so someone who's left the cult or or a documentary filmmaker who tried to do something with it but I mean, it is very sinister. They go after people in crazy ways that really ruin lives. And uh, you're right, Sammy. They, they demand a, a mind, body, and soul commitment of all of your money, all of your efforts. And the, the few people you do see, like John Travolta or Tom Cruise, like they are granted special exceptions for the purpose of luring more people in. But the thing is Scientology was founded by a science fiction writer. It was founded by some weirdo who wore a, a naval outfit and gave himself a bunch of medals. Scientology was founded based on these wild novels that I would probably have loved to read as a kid. But, like I've read a couple of them, they're not good. Like and I love sci-fi, they're not good. But you know, they they they're clearly fiction. And then they let you in and they have all these degrees, kind of like masonry, of, of ascendancy, whereby you are committing more and more of your time and money. And, and I think there is something to that. It's like a sunk cost fallacy. Once you've s- invested so much into this, unless you're totally at your breaking point, you're just going to stay because you've given a large portion of your life to it. You
0: know, whenever I imagine that, uh, because Scientology is this ambiguous cult that nobody knows about much. I always imagine that there's this dungeon where uh, Tom Cruise whips women. I don't know. I, 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 really- I
2: wouldn't be surprised. I would not be yeah. surprised. They it have disclaimed. these crazy punishment buildings. They, they really do. If you hear from the people who, who escaped, they have these crazy punishment buildings. And I don't know if it's something as, as standard as whipping women, but like they do messed up shit to people, absolutely.
1: These are just rumors, but I have also heard that, uh, you know, Tom Cruise also proceeds to a lot of uh, these punishments that are handed out to disobeying uh, people. And I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, a, a small note on uh, rileyans They also claimed to have cloned a human being in uh, in the 2000s. I, I did mean, not know that. I mean, I can, I can agree to certain cults like the Aetherius Society, right? Uh, it, which uh, believes that, uh, uh, you know, it believes in the idea of the cosmic masters. Uh, it, it believes that uh, there are people in other planets and, uh, you know, uh, they are from Venus or Mercury or whatever. But as long as they believe in peace and are not directly inflicting harm upon anyone else, I don't think that You know, we should be very scornful about a lot of these religions, don't you think?
2: Well, here's the thing. That sort of speaks to what Sammy was saying earlier about doing the right things for the wrong reasons. And I don't know if I do think. I think it's important to have good reasons. Um, And yeah, obviously, it's easier to live with people if they're well-meaning and or peaceful. Um, but when that conflict comes head up and you are forced to examine why people believe these things, then then yeah, you might have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's the same thing of, of like ugly Christian sects here in North America who are given legitimacy by mainstream Christianity. Well, you can't question one because a lot of people believe the other. Fuck it. Throw them all out. These,
1: this raises... Uh, you know a lot of questions uh, that uh, again, as you said, uh, it, it's about distinction. And uh, it's if if you're not following my religion, might as well you be the prophet of a rival religion, right? Uh, right. That's that's the idea. You you're like you're a fucking Christian or you're fucking dead too. That's <laughs> that's what. I mean, it's it's true for all the religions. I'm not it just pointing it towards a single religion, but. Again, uh, it's, it's pretty bizarre on how people can believe things that uh, doesn't seem very obvious to us, really, does it? But, you know, they have, they, they have their reasons to believe it. Uh, and I mean, who can say the creativity movement, for instance, believed that uh, all the white people should form a single religion under their banner and uh they should uh, you know fight for their own things and i i mean it was it was also in 1970s so i mean i don't know like 70s with especially with osho uh if if you guys know about him yeah uh, i don't know like he he was a corrupt person yes uh he uh was very cultish yes but uh Again, uh, people rooted out his religion because of the unknowns. They, they had like very good reasons to root uh, his uh, his religion out, but uh, you know they they got scared of the unknown. Uh, there was a video leaked If uh, you guys have seen the documentary of uh, Wild Wild Country, or uh, there's this excellent uh, podcast uh, called as Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. If uh, you guys hmm. know about it. So it has done an episode called as Rajneesh puram uh, I would definitely recommend uh, to check it out. I mean, it's if you are not that much invested into uh, uh, documentary, you can just hear about it in a podcast. And it's very authentic because uh, it has the actual tapes that uh, you know were recorded during the time of uh, that cult's uh, reign. You know, and uh, again. It, the major reason why it fell through was that uh, an orgy, a uh, uh, leaked uh, tape of an orgy got leaked and people got scared. What the fuck is happening? But yeah. largely, if you really think about it, it was some of the most skilled people in the world uh, being provided a new way of living life. And I mean, who am I to say what which lifestyle is better and which, which lifestyle is not? I mean, Again, I, I don't know on the ground how it was, and if if these really smart people, and it's it's not like a small cult. It's not like thirty smart people have banded towards a crazy idea. It's thousands and thousands of people. So in India we shunned it. We had uh, tried to get Rajneesh assassinated, and then he fled to U S. And uh, you know U S. also uh, gave a pretty hard pushback uh, for his beliefs and I mean it's it's really weird that again coming back to a failed uh, religion you, j- you cannot call that a cult it was a way of living in a way right because uh, religion asks you to do things uh, you know supplementing your lifestyle it tells you how to live your life right but like these cults get you invested into uh, you know you have to have a certain amount of investment into them. Uh, if it's Scientology, it's uh, money. And if it's, uh, I don't know, if if it's Rajneesh, uh, you have to go there. You have to give all your life savings while he roams around in his Rolls Royce. And uh, you are, you are supposed to be building airways and hospitals for everyone else. Yes,
0: I There's guess a- there were, you know, 93 Rolls Royce were found after the cult was destroyed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a a funny take on cults versus religions and it essentially, what, what, how does it go? It is, you're expect in a cult, you're expected to, uh, worship another human in a religion. That guy is dead. It's kind of just a simple piss take on it. But I mean, that is the basis for a lot of religions and in cults they do, they are just humans demanding worship that we would normally give to statues or pictures. I don't, I don't know if one is better than the other.
1: I mean, clearly uh, like everything sounds bizarre uh, in these times. And uh, like, if, if there is a piece of, uh, you know, I, if I write something today and uh, if humanity survives for the next 2000 years, it would be fucking gibberish. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> like, no one would make any sense out of it, which is also why I quite like don't understand how classic novels work. So, okay, so I have this I doubt
0: uh, are flat earthers uh, can flat earthers as a group of people be called as cult?
2: Huh, that's a good question.
0: I don't know because they believe in something. Uh, That is quite different from what the rest of the world believes, whether it be right or wrong. But uh, I think it can be called a cult because they outrightly deny the existence of an entire continent called Australia.
2: Is that real though? Like, I feel like they're just having us on
1: i i don't really think so i mean it is possible for people to if if uh, you know people still believe that uh, you know noah's ark is real or uh, mm. you know the absurd things in hinduism that are clearly metaphors but uh, are taken too literally I, I don't think that they are trolling us though i i think
0: they might be real I, you, you know, sure. I, I, I I was watching this YouTube video wherein the woman was justifying that how sh- did she become a flat earther and for what reasons does she believe so and the reason she gave was, was that she was standing on a beach and there's this line between the sky and the sea that uh, that you see with your eyes and that's straight and therefore she believes that the earth is flat that is the reason people give
2: that's painful. That's really painful. And, and, and I guess it's, it's again, when when things were all a unified theory of knowledge under a religious umbrella, and you could just speak in terms of us versus them because you knew what your group knew. Yeah, I guess it was probably easier. There's so much to know nowadays. So, 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 so much. And it's wonderful. It's beautiful. We get to learn whatever the hell we want it's so great but at the same time you know the blank spaces might look that much darker because of all the light shone elsewhere and it's like i you know i i want to think that those people have some other agenda but i maybe they're just fucking dumb i don't know
0: yeah and also there's just as you know everyone knows that there, there are these people who believe that a vaccination makes their children, uh, uh, autistic.
1: Just, autistic, autistic, yes, yeah. anti vaxxers
0: yes, and there was this woman who was claiming that her eight-month-old baby is becoming autistic after he had his vaccinations because she because he keeps forgetting things. I mean, he's fucking three months old. <laughs> I mean, how how do you even have the
1: uh idea of a memory for a three three month old baby
2: yeah you don't have object permanence that's that's kind of what i mean is i think that it's sort of like that old adage there's a sucker born every minute yeah and all of them are subscribing to these crazy new notions like the thing the thing about flat earth is like people say like oh we used to believe the earth was flat Mm -hmm. but not really that's that's actually uh, uh, one of those things everyone says that isn't really true. We've known the earth was round for a really, really long time.
0: Yeah.
1: And at some point, you know, you have to wonder that there are clearly uh, cults that are run by psychopaths, uh, right? Uh, there is the Man- Manson, Charles Manson's case uh, and his cult. He was clearly a psychopath, a mentally disturbed person and a very intelligent human being, right? So, I mean, a very extraordinary person, but like when when there is a movement around people who are educated and also clearly not insane and are still believing in things like uh, anti-vaxxing or uh, flat earth, I mean, that baffles me. If, if you're insane, like I, I to a certain extent believe that, you know, Tom Cruise for him, it might be that one thing. You know, that he does so that uh, he believes genuinely that his acting career uh, directly impacts, uh, uh, you know, has a direct impact on his faith on Scientology. I can totally see him being that person, that self-obsessed, narcissistic or psychopathic person. But normal people in everyday life who have gone through education, I just fail to realize how these people are getting into cults
2: uh i think there's a there's a part that just wants to believe in things you know a a suspicious part a distrustful part depending on which cult it is like i think anti-vaxxers are very distrustful of establishments now why is that because there's a long long history of establishments lying to us and that's a real thing but at the same time because you have that inborn distrust, now you don't know who to believe, and Facebook looks like a really good source of knowledge. And it's like, whoa, bro, you went a little too far. Everyone has
1: been in that uh, internet hole, you know. When, uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: But for some people, it's not just a phase; <laughs> and they they take it for real. I don't know. Like, there is there are a couple of uh, you know really. Uh, weird cults like uh, Om Shrinkyo, which is uh, which had Buddhist and Christian Christian principles at its core, uh, they they killed people who tried to leave their cult, uh, mm-hmm. and there have been uh, you know there have been proofs of uh, people committing suicide, people uh, being smothered to uh, death uh, or being cut open. Uh, they also induced uh, sarin gas into tokyo's uh, subway trains and uh, you know a lot of people got like affected by it a lot of people died and at this point like it it's a sort of like a fight club thing when you know the world deals you a bad hand you turn to these uh, truths and
0: uh, yeah and you know uh, if you look at atheism sometimes it's when uh, there's this self belief that people uh, you know determine for themselves because if you look at countries like china who promote atheism and where atheism has become just like any other religion uh, they they are pushing down this ideology of theirs to not believe in any other religion not in any other to not believe in any religion and there are and they are you know just eradicating any Religion that exists in their territory. So, here I think that sometimes atheism acts like any other religion, pushing down their ideologies that people aren't ready for.
2: I think that you're absolutely right, Sammy. I also think that China is a different kind of problem. They've got some stuff going on right now.
1: Sammy was just uh, telling me about uh, the idea of secularism in China. So uh, that was pretty interesting. So, Sammy, can you uh, tell us about it?
0: Yeah, so secularism as an ideology objectively, objectively stands for that uh, religion shouldn't be a part of a country's law. So, every country has made some interpretation of this definition in their own way. And for example, if you look at uh, Western countries and European countries, you will notice that they have this interpretation of secularism in a way that your God is your God, we won't interfere in the way you worship or in the way you believe. You have a right
1: to religion, that's how uh, even in yeah. India it works, right? No, it, yeah. It, it, yeah.
0: it's it's pretty different for, for India because see, uh, in Europe you have this uh, government not interfering in your way of worshipping. While in India uh, they, our interpretation of secularism is in the way that government tries to protect a lot of religion The reason uh, government uh, holds a lot of festivals that uh, propagate Hinduism or they subsidize the trips of Muslims to Hajj, which is a a pilgrimage of Muslims. And uh, on the other side, yes, uh, government tries to protect a lot of religion while in China, uh, they have interpreted secularism in a way that religion shouldn't be a part of law and therefore they have eradicated any religion that exists uh, there and they have made it an interpretation that you know secularism means that religion shouldn't be there in their country so that no law or anything around the government can interfere and neither can the religion interfere in their domestic laws
1: i mean again i mean a point to note here is It's not in the law, but a lot of times in the policy of the government to act in a certain manner to uh, smother a religion and uh, it's completely different things because uh, law in my opinion should be a long standing thing. It's it's a code. It's an agreement uh, for every single civilized person in the society that you have to adhere to them right so for instance in middle eastern countries you can see that uh, in a lot of conservative ones their laws are very uh, islam specific because that's the majority religion and they they are openly islamic countries but uh, for a for a country like china again religion plays an important role in how they handle with other territories but uh, they do not identify their beliefs with a certain religion and that's why they could be ca- classified as secular so can
2: uh, uh, like canada is a secular country we don't have any state religion and we allow as long as it's not outright harmful we allow any religion and that's always been the definition of secularism that I understood. It is not that you know, any and all religion is stamped out and not allowed within the law. But I think you make a really interesting point, Maddie, which is, uh, yeah, they have those unwritten rules, those, those policies, as it were, that aren't on the books anywhere to be found, but they are very strong cultural and social motivators.
0: Yeah, and you know it's interesting yeah. how the foundation of secularism was essentially human rights, and how countries have separated human rights from secularism to, uh, you know, uh, design their own governments in a certain way, and you know, secularism has lost uh, its point on the way of in the in the definition that. Uh, was yeah, given. I mean, again, like if you if you can really see China uh,
1: doesn't. Think that uh, religion is not powerful. Of course, it thinks so. Uh, it it actively suppresses uh, the Uyghur uh, people uh, who are Muslims. Uh, it uh, you know uh, like systematically shuns uh, them racially. Uh, it uh, causes uh, uh, you know sort of like a xenophobia uh, like in uh, a fascist country uh, and also you know their interactions with tibet uh, if uh, i have i have you know been to the northern parts of india which uh, have you know acted as safe havens essentially for uh, dalai lama who is the uh, leader of buddhism right now right so uh, there are there are uh, you know th- there are museums there which uh, portray Chinese people and uh, how they tried to assassinate uh, Dalai Lama or uh, how they abducted Panchen Lama, who is the uh, you know disciple to the prophet or the great leader, and uh, you know they they have uh, they are actively making sure that the next Dalai Lama is chosen within the Chinese boundaries, which now also includes includes Tibet. Right. So they are actively trying that uh, the next Dalai Lama should be a Chinese citizen. And that's if that is not like human rights issue where you are actively, uh, you know, participating yourself in an espionage against a peaceful organization. Right. Uh, An organization which propagates Buddhism, uh, a religion that is widely popular and followed in Southeast Asia. And uh, you know you are actively taking control of it, and th- that's why I think that uh, China is a is an interesting, uh, intelligent and an evil country. You know, in this case. Right? So that's yeah, why in the, in
2: that case of of freedom of rights and speech and belief and everything, and and again, I I, I don't know. It's there's so much debate about enlightenment values and that sort of thing. But to me, I, I love the idea that, that I can hold different uh, beliefs, in, in this case, no beliefs on a certain topic and still have the same values as someone who has differing beliefs. And I think that that's an enlightenment thing. It's, it's, it's very much a live and let live phenomenon. And I will always defend uh, people's rights to have their religion at the same time as I'll happily dialogue that their religion is batshit insane.
1: Even if people make mistakes and uh, humanity takes a couple of stumbles, uh, it's it's the right to choose that uh, should not be taken away from them. I mean, again, with even with flattered earthers, uh, I mean they are like they should believe in whatever they are believing in. It's it's intrinsically stupid and every single person who has had uh, 5 minutes of thoughts dedicated to it could conclude that but i don't know i mean it's it's still you know you, you should not shun you can shun people you can just
0: you cannot just
1: prohibit them right
0: yeah and so i guess with the statement of you can shun people you cannot prohibit them
1: is a nice place where we can conclude the episode, I guess. So yeah, I mean, it's it it has been fun uh, recording with you, uh, Alex and Sammy, of course. Uh, uh, so yeah, like I I really liked how this uh, episode panned out, and I hope that uh, you know we collaborate uh, in the future too.
2: I'd love to, I mean, I had so much more, but I think that's, that's how it goes when you guys, when you have a good talk, is that you never get it all out.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, you know, saying, so. uh, saying that uh, there were a lot of things that were left to be said is a great way to end because there's always a scope to talk again. You have reasons to collab again and talk again and have a conversation.
2: Yeah. I'm down for that, let's come back to it.
1: Or we could discuss a lot of other things. I mean, uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah, sounds good. I can't wait for the next time you guys have my contact info. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a ton of fun.
0: We loved having you for this episode, man. We we really liked.
2: I'll be listening.
0: Goodbye, friends. See you guys. Thanks, Fresh.
2: Thank you.